Hi, this is Bjarne Goldbeck. You are listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, yes, it was another brilliant little away day trip on Sunday afternoon as the Whites hammered Nottingham Forest 4-0 at the City Ground to emphatically end Steve Cooper's four-game winning streak as Forest manager and take us back up to second in the Championship. Mitro chalked up another brace to take him on to 15 goals in 14 games, plus Nisken Scabano got a well-deserved first of the season too. We've got a full house this evening with Baldo, Dylan and Wigo here to look back over the game. Forest pumped. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. All right, lads. Well, as always, let's get your post-match thoughts. Um, well, I'd like to tell you my post-match thoughts, but I don't know whether or not I'll be able to get all the way through because my voice, as you can probably tell, through a mixture of cold and shouting abuse of the Nottingham Forest fans for a good 20 minutes once they started filing out, uh, is not all that great. But overall, what, what more can you say? It was just a fantastic, a fantastic away day. You know, it's, it's everything you want, you know, a good win, a you know, great win, a great performance and, you know, clean sheet and just in the sunshine in a nice old ground. It was, it was the perfect away day. You really cannot ask for anything more. No, that, that's, that's really my thoughts on trying to keep everything as short as I can tonight. I don't know where you were, Baldo. It was pissing it down in Nottingham when we got there. I was bloody soaked by the time I got to the pub. <laughs> I don't know what sunshine you were looking at. Um, I'm talking about during oh, the game. During the game, it was fine. It wasn't sunny. It was still bloody grey. It was like you know, anyway. It was a, it was a brilliant game, wasn't it? One of the just a brilliant day all round, really. And it just makes you value the journeys to and from Nottingham, really. Um, and just as good a performance as I could ever ask for. I mean, I was saying on the train up, I really wasn't sure about that game and how good Nottingham are how good Forest have been recently and that result against Bristol City showed it as well and their resilience. So to go there, get four, turn them over and come back with three points and back up into second is uh, really fantastic. So I'm really proud of the team. Yeah, I'm buzzing as well, to be fair. Did not expect that result going into the game. Forest obviously on a good run of form since Steve Cooper came in. Uh, but it keeps up my uh, good record at the away games this season. Uh, been to five, won four of them, drew draw one against Bristol City, 16 goals scored and four against, and the two I've missed are both the ones we've lost. So uh, you'll be gutted to know that I'm a bit 50-50 on Peterborough and leaving the country completely in January. Yeah, but amazing if, win yesterday, amazing, amazing. If anyone from the club is listening to this, I don't know if we still do away season tickets, but for the love of God, pay Dylan whatever it needs to be done to get him an away season ticket sorted. For the good of a club, man. Let it get, let's get it done. Pay his travel from January as well to, to get back into the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right, wasn't it, yesterday? Had a, had a good old day out with you boys. Had a, had a few to drink and good old laugh. Uh, better than uh, most standard Sundays in my house, anyway, that's for sure. Um, I wouldn't call that little place that we went to before the game a pub. I don't think it was like a social club, wasn't it? But yeah, it's it was called the, broken, called the Broken Wheelbarrow Pub, I think. Was so. It? They're calling it a pub, even though it was a bar in Notts County's grounds. So it was still a nice little place. I wouldn't call it a nice little place, but it did the job, didn't it? It did the job, eh? And it was shut afterwards when we went back there to try and get a pint before we got the train home. 
So anyway, no, it's good, good old day. Um, let's come on to the actual game then. The big question before the game was whether or not Tom Kearney would start. To a man, we all said we'd leave him out and leave him on the bench. But as always, what the bloody hell do we know? He did start. He was captain. He seemed to come through unscathed. And it was a decent performance from him, wasn't it, Baldo? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, there was, you know, as you said, there was always a bit of hesitancy. And, you know, us, us in the pub, in, in the pub slash bar beforehand when the team news came out, we were we were a little bit worried because we were saying, oh, where's that where's that bite in the field? You know, Nottingham Forest have been on a very good run. I think going into it, there was five wins in the last five, something something along those lines. So you think, right, this is a very this is a very good team. They can cause some troubles. And you know, where's Harrison Reed, for instance, to you know, to to break everything up? Obviously, he's got his fitness issues. So you, you were worried, but the fact that he was able to come through, as you say, unscathed, play a full ninety minutes, considering what he's just come through, you know, maybe what half an hour or so against Cardiff. Um, it, no, it was uh, he came on half time against uh, came on half time against Cardiff in midweek. So you feel to then jump straight to ninety minutes would be a bit too much, but he managed to get through it fantastically and you know, managed to show the quality that we we have been missing over the past. Well, it's nearly a year now, isn't it? Because his last game was in December, so the last 10 months or so, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the last 90 minutes I managed, I think I heard you say earlier, was the um, the West Ham game with the Lookman penalty. That was the 7th of November last year, so it's getting on for, what, 50 weeks? He hasn't managed 90 minutes of football. And um, well, I thought he did really well, to be honest. I think the last 10 minutes, he looked like he just run a marathon. Um, but you know, he seems to come through it really well. Obviously, Nottingham Forest, they haven't even lost a game since the 15th of September which is when we played Birmingham. So they've gone a nice little run of form. And I thought he was pretty instrumental in the victory. He um, he looked calm, composed and sort of everything you wouldn't really expect from a player who just spent 11 months out, really. Well, inside the first 10 minutes, the Whites had the lead. It was another own goal from a corner. And Forest boss Steve Cooper had complained that Dennis Adoy blocked his players off. Doesn't excuse the crap defending from the ones who weren't blocked, though, does it, Wigo? I mean... All right, we do do this thing when we when we get corners. Somebody tends to stand in the way of, um, of of defenders, and but there were plenty of players around that that could have dealt with that. Mitro's shot wasn't really; it might have been going on target. I don't know, but it wasn't going to trouble the keeper um, until the Nottingham Forest defender intervened and smashed it into his, the back of his own net. Yeah, if Cooper wants to complain at anyone, he should complain at Jed Spence for smashing it into his own bloody goal, shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, exactly. boss, you know, get over it. At the end of the day, all right. I just a doy. If anything, the blokes run into a doy. That might be me being biased. To be fair, <laughs> but a doy, a doy has stood there, and Worrell has charged at him. If you look at it, and a doy's gone tumbling down. So that's probably why the referee's not given it. Because if anyone's gone down, it's Dennis a doy. But it's it's a really good tactic, and it's worked before because we had it against Stoke and we scored. So, and I think it was Mitrovic that scored that time as well. So it was a good run from him. And yeah, well done to Dennis for playing his part. Um, but yeah, their defending was crap, really. As we know throughout the whole game, they weren't really weren't very good at the back. And um, it was a matter of time before that goal came, I think, in the first half. And um, yeah, we deserved it. Well, at half time, we seemed to have control of the game. We were a goal up, courtesy of that own goal. I was concerned it was going to be Coventry all over again, though. But that absolutely wasn't the case. You know, there was a second half masterclass from the Whites, really. Let's go through the goals. 13 minutes after the break, there was some catastrophic defending from Forrest. And Mitro was gifted his 14 for the season, Dylan. Yeah, it was Scott McKenna and Tobias Figueredo. Apologies if I butchered the surname there. Just crashed into each other. And Mitrovic came literally from the edge of the box and just 
tapped at home for his um that was his would have been his 14th goal in as many games this season obviously he added one more with the penalty after but he's a man in fine fine form and he's looking at, like probably the most dangerous I've seen him throughout his whole Fulham career which is Quite an impressive statement when you consider just how pivotal he's been for large periods since he's been with us. I don't know if any of you boys would agree, but I think this is the best he's looked since he's been with us. Yeah, I do agree, but I think that's uh, by and large down to the service that he's getting as well. Um, but as you said, those two Blonkers in the Forest shirt, just it, it sort of reminded me a bit of the um, the Onoma and Tim Ream thing at Coventry, although they both just kind of went for the same ball. Those two just ran into each other and Mitrovic just lo- loitering right behind them, just buried it into the bottom corner. It's a pretty easy goal in there. Yeah. But yeah, it goes back to right. Cooper getting a, to Cooper getting annoyed at uh, Adoy for uh, theoretically blocking their players. I mean, they still conceded three other goals at the end of the day. Yeah. One was a penalty, which is obviously needlessly given away. Either they crashed into each other and the, the last was just a moment of magic by Niskan's Cabano. Yeah, well, let's come on to that Cabano goal. First goal of the season, Baldo, well-deserved and long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it, you know, it was the perfect goal because it demonstrated what we have, you know, in terms of threat. We said that we, you know, wanted to do it. It's, it's that counter-attack and it was done superbly, you know, winning the ball back in midfield. It went through a couple of players. Harry Wilson, who um, I know J-Mac was saying before, you know, he's doing okay, but he needs to start doing more. Um, you know, get, you know, get an assist or get a goal, for instance. Um, yeah, and, and he, provide, you know, laid it perfectly, you know, perfectly way past for, for Niskan's Cabano to get his to get his first, to get his first of the season. It, and it just showed, you know, that's probably what we were looking to do most of last season when it came to when it came to counterattacking, but now we actually have the players, the you know the system, and uh, to an extent the division because we're you know favours in, in in most of these games in the division. The, we have the ability to do that now, so it's just it's brilliant, uh, arguably scintillating football to watch. The other thing about that Nisman Scabano goal as well was that it was a good ball ball into him from Harry Wilson, but. It, it was a really good finish as well. He still had a bit to do, didn't he? And for a man who hasn't scored yet for this season and hasn't scored for Fulham for a couple of years, actually, since, you know, the, the last time we were in the Championship, I thought it was a really composed finish into the bottom corner. Yeah, off the top of my head, the last time he scored for us would have been that playoff semi-final in Cardiff. I don't yeah. think he scored last season. I actually was on loan at Middlesbrough for most of it. Um, he, got, he got one in the um, he got one in the second leg at Fulham as well, didn't he? In that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, he game. did. But one straight after the first goal. But yeah, he um, he looked like he knew what he was doing in the box, which is always good to see. And it's also nice to see that we've got so many different options when it comes to people scoring goals. It's not the loads not entirely on Mitrovic. I know he's got fifteen now in our fourteen games, but we have scored thirty three goals this season. Hmm. So that's still another eighteen coming from all around the pitch. So obviously Cabano got his first of the day. I think uh, obviously Muniz has one, um, Adoy has one, but yeah, they're coming from all over the shop really, which is good to see. And could uh, the promising keep- signs for the future. Could the keeper have done a bit better with the Cabano goal, Wigo? I don't know. He probably expected him to go to the far post, didn't he? So it was pretty mm-hmm. clever from Cabano. It was a bit like the Carvalho strike at Millwall that uh, Cabano got the assist for, actually. Uh, straight into the near post and yeah, wrong footed the keeper. Um, couldn't happen to a nicer goalkeeper, quite frankly, in Bryce Samba. You know, he, yeah. loves, a t- he loves a bit of time wasting, so uh, good riddance, I say, and uh, we should have scored he's more in... against him. Care to repeat what you said on Sunday, Frenchie? Care to, see what well, you, care to say what you repeated to him? 
um, he, se- <laughs> he seemed to be in a bit more of a rush, didn't he, on Sunday afternoon than he did a couple of years ago at the cottage when they were two up. Not, not that we're bitter or anything, no, you know, right. a couple of years ago. <laughs> well, I know, but this is the first time we've we played with yeah. fans no, in the ground no, since, yeah. isn't it? So, um, all right, well, let's come on to the penalty. Expertly converted by Mitro for his 15th of the season. It looked pretty stonewall as well, didn't it? Adoy just kind of, I don't know, had his shirt pulled back and went down theatrically. But definite penalty for me. Any of you boys disagree? No, I don't think so. It was either a loose ball in the box and Adoy was just pulled down. So it was a definite penalty for me. But one they didn't need to get away. So another forest error, really. And he's well and yeah. truly buried those those penalty demons now, hasn't he, from uh, from last season? Don't Mitro. say that. Don't say that. You yeah, know, you've got some wood you can touch. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, no, I mean, the, the the Birmingham was a great one, wasn't it? That was a good penalty against Forest, right into the bottom corner. Decent penalties. I'm well happy with Mitro at the moment. I mean, who wouldn't be? His confidence is is on top, isn't it, at the moment as well? And that is that is where it stems from. Confidence breeds confidence. And, you know, the goals are, uh, you know, the goals are flowing now, as we know. 15 and 14, I mean, what a great striker to have. And you see some people moaning on Twitter about, well, yeah, you would when you pay 70 grand a week for a striker. Well, at least he's doing his job then. At least he's scoring the goals that we want him to score for that money. So, there we go. Good on him. Well, Steve Cooper said at the end of the game that that wasn't a 4-0 performance at all. It wasn't a 4-0 game. But just uh, looking back over the, the stats from that Nottingham Forest game at the Cottage a couple of years ago, when we had 77% possession and 20 shots on goal... Nottingham Forest only had 23% possession that day and at least 21% of that was with that bloody goalkeeper time-wasting. So, you know, what goes goes around comes around. Now, I know Steve Cooper weren't there at, at, at that point, but, you know, Nottingham Forest is Nottingham Forest as far as I'm concerned. So, what a bloody shame, eh? You got dicked for new in your own backyard and you didn't deserve to. What a shame. Uh, listen, we were the better team on the day. They got battered and quite rightly so. They didn't take their chances, you know, and one of them, their star striker put their shot into Rosehead. I mean, you know, he should have scored. So, Steve Cooper, they they play some nice football. First half, they looked like they played some decent stuff. Second half, they were atrocious, really. They were tripping each other up. They were passing and giving the ball away. There is no way that they deserved anything out of the game at all. If it's not a 4-0 game, then it's either a free, it's probably a 3-0 game because they didn't even <laughs> deserve to be close to us. We were a different class to them. Not necessarily that we were unbelievable, but actually they were crap, really. Hmm. I've I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Forest because my grandparents lived there when I was growing up, and I used to go and watch them occasionally when I'd go up and stay there in the in the summer holidays. Um, but yesterday on the way home, um, we met some quite nice Forest fans. We were sat there having a chat, weren't we? Although I I might have fallen asleep very temporarily whilst you guys were talking to them. <laughs> That's my age um, and the drink. And um, and then all of a sudden, some plonker just walked down the aisle, gobbing off about parachute payments. Like, oh, shut up, mate. You've just been done 4-0. Parachute payments have got absolutely nothing to do with that performance. We're just the better side. He was gobbing off about yeah. parachute payments. And then he said how Nottingham Forest won the European Cup and was trying to justify it <laughs> as an argument. In the 70s, In, mate. I think it was the 70s. Yeah. I think 1980 was a la- like when they last won it. And he was he was trying to justify it. And he, the thing is, he was joking about it at first. And then within like 60 seconds, he started to turn like quite aggressive. 
Yeah, and did, I was a bit, yeah. I was a bit surprised. I was like, you know, this is very salty. You've just lost four 0 to the better team. Yeah, but the Forest fans we were talking to were, you know, fine about it. They yeah, they you were know, top. they were top top lads to be fair. So um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the sort of thing that, that, uh, that's the sort of thing that that you know makes a decent away day though. You know, we had we had it at Huddersfield, didn't we? We got talking to a lad on the on the train, a Huddersfield fan. Same with Blackpool, got talking to a couple of Blackpool fans, and then the Forest ones yesterday as well. That that's yeah. what it should be like. And then there's, yeah, there's always. Occasionally, you, you do encounter some arsehole, though. And, but um, it's, and it's, yeah, it's got, fun. It's fun get... when you win. When you win, yeah, it's fun got... to encounter them. When you lose, not so much. But <laughs> well, you've got to be in the Premier League in the first place to get parachute payments. So yeah, you can, exactly. uh, you can have his own medicine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it was great to see Kenny Tete get fifteen minutes at the end, wasn't it, Baldo? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um... You know, in a similar vein to Tom Ken, you know, it's all a case of getting back to fitness. And, you know, whilst Dennis Adoy has been, you know, done a, a reasonable, I want to say remarkable, but I think that might be a bit too far. But he's done, he's done a, he's done a decent job in, in right back and covering him for him. But I think we all know that Kenny Tete is the first choice right back for, you know, for the season going forward, assuming there's no more injuries or suspension. So to get him back, you know, blooding some minutes and, Everything, everything like that, you know, building towards the future, and again, just goes to show what kind of strength and depth we have. You know, we have we have at our disposal with the fact that we can bring Kenny, we can bring Kenny Tete off the bench in a situation like that. Just it's just it's just brilliant to see. Well, I joked on the preview podcast uh, the other day and said oh, it'd be nice if we could get Kenny Tete on and give him some minutes. You know, if we're on, if we're four nil up at half time, bring him on at half time, and we weren't quite four nil up at half time, but. You know, we were 4-0 up when he came on. Um, and that's that's the ideal situation to, to bring him back into the fold, isn't it? Just at the end of a game where you're you're out of sight, um, where he's not going to get, you know, too much um, demanded of him physically, perhaps. But I don't know. Now, we're going to do a West Brom preview um, in the next couple of days. But, I mean, quick quick round the table. W- would you start Kenny Tesse in the next game? I think so. West Brom. I think West Brom. I think yeah, West Brom. West Brom's the next game, and probably one of our biggest games of the season so far. And biggest games need biggest players, and he's he is our first choice right back. Even though Dennis Adoy has been a an amazing sort of um, uh, cover for him, uh, Tete all day long is first choice, and he he should be playing this game. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't really. Yeah, I'd have to second that. I think. Uh, uh... Yeah, I mean, Adoy. I said on the other, I said the other day, Adoy's been fine. I thought he played all right on Sunday as well. I thought he played pr- pretty well actually. Um, but Tete's just better, isn't he? He's a class above him, and if if he's available, you have to start him. There's just no doubt about it. So, biggest game of the season, best right back in the league. Yeah, if he's 100 percent fit, he's got to start. I think. Um, I'm personally, I'm personally going to say no. I, I, I don't think you change, you know, what is effectively, what is effectively a winning formula, unless you have to, through injuries or suspension. No, there is, you know, this is something for the West Brom preview, but I wouldn't change the start eleven. For instance, you know, Dennis Adoy is not as if we've had to carry him through the games. You know, Dennis Adoy has done very well in his own right. So, you know, maybe you know, again, if the situation demands it, we can bring Kenny Tete on. But I'm. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't be totally averse to Dennis Adoy start starting the game um, if that if that just happens to be the case. I think they both could do a job, but if Dennis Adoy starts, I'm not going to be totally upset by it. 
you've got to remember this is another three game week coming up. So it's West Brom, Blackburn, and then Peterborough. Um, a big, big week, and you know we're, there's there's no real margin for error at the moment because we're still chasing Bournemouth down at the moment. So yeah, I, th- I think I might be inclined to to start with Dennis against West Brom, and um, and then again bring on um, bring on Tete for half an hour at the end. To, depending on how the game's going, and then you know start to ease him back in for for those those games. I suppose actually you'd probably want. I, I can see why as well because you know West Brom like a long throw, and we know Dennis can win the ball in the air quite well. That's true. If they're going to be if they're going to be putting long throws into the box constantly, you'd want a doy in there to head it out, and we know he can do it. So actually, it might be a good option to go with him. Really, in terms of not necessarily about Tete's fitness. But would Adoy work better as part of that back four to be getting the ball out when they throw it in long? Yeah, probably, because this is quite a set-piece heavy team we're coming up against. And we know Adoy is good from set-pieces, both defending and attacking. So, yeah. it, tactically, it might actually be the best best thing to do to play him. So, I do actually get where you guys are coming from. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, finally, I know he didn't have a great deal to do in this one, but prior to Marit Rodek coming back into the side, we'd had two clean sheets in the first 11 games. Now we've got two in the last three. Is that a coincidence, Dylan? Um, I I don't know if it is, actually, because, well, obviously, Rodak's been at the club longer than Gazaniga. I don't know if the chemistry is sort of a bit better between Rodak, um, Reem and Tosin as a three than it is with Gazaniga in there. I mean, Gazaniga's obviously a fine keeper. He's got an error. He's got a mistake in him. But uh, Rodak seems to be a cool, calm, assured presence. I guess he knows the guys in the back line potentially a bit better than Gazaniga, who just sort of came into the team this summer. And obviously, goal, changing a goalkeeper can be one of the most disruptive things to do in a team, especially when we weren't even on a bad run as such. We just had sort of one game against Coventry, which sort of flipped the whole goalkeeping scenario. But Rodak's done really well since he came in. I was a little bit apprehensive, because I guess on paper, Gazaniga might be the better keeper, but I think I've seen nothing from Rodak to suggest that he's any worse than Gazaniga. So yeah, it's um no, it's a really good another healthy problem to have in terms of squad depth, I'd say. Yeah. Um I I again we've we've talked about this quite a lot recently and I just don't think that Gazaniga's a better goalkeeper than Rodak. I, I just don't. I I think Rodak's back in now and unless unless he gets injured or uh, or sent off and is suspended for a bit then I, I don't see him not being our number one from now to the end of the season. And, and rightly so as well. It's great to have him back. And, you know, as I said, he didn't have much to do it, uh, at the city ground. But I just feel a bit calmer with him in goal. And I think you do as well, Wigo, don't you? Yeah, I think the problem is with Gazaniga as well, with all due respect to him. You can tell he's been a number two for years, really. Rodak's had that experience. He had the experience going on out on loan as well to Rotherham for a couple of years had that promotion year with us, plays international football quite a bit. So, you know, he, he's getting the game time, whereas Gazaniga has sat on the bench other than when Larice has been injured for the last few years or when Forster was injured at Southampton or wherever they had. So it's nice to have someone who's been playing for years as opposed to Gazaniga. As I say, you can tell he's been a number two and been sat on the bench a lot of his career, unfortunately for him. Speaking of number two, we're currently second in the championship. And I don't know, after the first few games, I, I kind of felt like we'd be top of the league by now and, and way out of sight. But Bournemouth just keep on keep on winning. Both Bournemouth and West Brom won 3-0 last weekend. Do you, do you guys feel any pressure at the moment or do you think the players feel any pressure knowing that 
we have got an expensively assembled squad and we're trying to chase down Bournemouth? Or do you think that we're just biding our time? I know, Wigo, you and I spoke on the train yesterday about this and um, and kind of talked about whether or not, you know, Bournemouth have a, a better squad or, uh, or as much squad depth as us. And when they start getting injuries to key players, then perhaps they'll start to tail off. So I, ju- I just want to know how you feel about the, the current position we're in, really, all of you. Yeah, so I, I honestly don't think there is any pressure. And I'd be surprised if the players were, because it is still October, in effect. Um, and we're in, you know, arguably as good a, you know, obviously not as good as position as we can be, but we're second. You know, at the end of the day, I don't I don't think, are any of us really fussed if we go up as champions or as second place? I'm not really, I mean, I'm not even fussed if we go up by the playoffs. I, like, I wouldn't mind going to Wembley again. Um, but so long as we're going, so long as we're going, don't shake your head, we go, you want to go to Wembley, you know you do. Um, but yeah, so long as, so long as we get promoted, I'm not fussed. And if we're in this position, then, yeah, then so it, it, it's just, it's a good it's a good place to be. I'd rather be in the position we are now than say four points than you know four points of promotion. Obviously, um, and yeah, I don't think we'll be feeling anything yet. I think if we're in this position, you know, come you know April time, and we're well, come April time, and we're four points off the top, then yeah, the pressure might go on there because of the expectations and everything. But so long as they can keep keep in second uh, yeah, and, and away from third then then i think that's i think that's really all you can really ask ask the players to do so i, I they shouldn't really be feeling anything as mainly because we're still not that far into the season it is still only october yeah if you'd offered me 29 points from the first 14 games at the start of the season i definitely would have taken that regardless of sort of who was above us and even though it's only bournemouth regardless of you know, Scott Parker and we sacked him in the summer, so what it might have been with him. Looking at the teams in the Championship, it should sort of be us, Bournemouth and West Brom, fighting out for those top two spots. I can't really see any team in the league with that sort of, our, our sort of financial power. So I think, yeah, 29 points from 14 games. It's one of our best starts to a season in a long, long time. Uh, as you know, I definitely would have taken it. I don't think there's much pressure on the game on Saturday. I don't think there needs to be. We're in a we're in a good position, and we're still going to be in a good position, even if we lose. We can't drop any lower than third. I think, considering some of the performances we've had this season, you know, Coventry, Blackpool, they were awful, really bad, especially the second half at Coventry. And you know, to still be in second place after playing like that, I think is really good. But then we've played really well in some games as well, so it is probably about right. Fair play to Bournemouth. They're doing the business right now. Uh, they've got some good players and, you know, their manager has apparently got them playing quite well. So, you know, good luck to them. I definitely would rather avoid going through the playoffs again. I don't, I can't do another another game at Wembley. Even watching it on the telly was bad enough. You know, <laughs> it's bad for the heart, isn't it? Like, I'd rather just get it done. If we can, go up in the top two and then just watch every other poor fan uh, battle it out from third to sixth place. All right, lads. Nice one. Let's let's come on to a man of the match then. Um, Baldo, who is yours? I think I think it's a hard one because there weren't any... It was a good all-round team performance. I don't want this to sound like a cop-out, but I don't think there were any standout... You know, it was, it was all eights and nines. I don't think there was one player that stood out. Um... You know, what, I'm just going to go Tim Ream. Just I think I think there were some impressive moments from him at the back, and also just to counter the um, 
Fulham website who went for Tosana Romayo. So I'm going to go for Tim Breen. Yeah, it's interesting that the official man of the match, based on fans voting, was was given to a defender in a game that we won 4-0. But sure, OK, I'd just go Mitro. Every time Mitro scores a couple of goals, I don't care. I just love it. Love seeing him score. I love him coming over to the crowd. I love him whacking the badge and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, brilliant stuff. How about you, Wigo? I'm going to go with Niskin's Cabano myself. I really like him. He's been brilliant since he came in and started started starting the games. Got a goal yesterday. Looked lively, looked quick. He made that third goal himself. And, you know, brilliant. Shout out to Harry Wilson as well. Getting a load of stick off of Forest fans and uh, having the last laugh. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to say Niskin's Cabano because he's been fantastic. I'll go for a fourth different option. I think I'll give it to Tom Kearney just on the fact he made it through the 90 minutes and he's finally back after what, what feels like a year. Well, it is a year of waiting. Uh, and yeah, he, he's back. He's back stronger than ever. I can feel it. He's still my preferred captain for Fulham. And I can just see us going on to do great things this season with him in the midfield. So yeah, I'll give it to him. Perfect. One other thing I just wanted to mention before we go was, you know, when we, we do the quizzes on this show and... Um, I, I do the little round at the end where get you guys to guess the prices of, of crap that the uh, the Fulham website's selling. Uh, well, I noticed last week that there's an unbelievable piece of shit that's appeared on the on the website um, for sale. 30 quid for little cushions of Joe Bryan, Alexander Mitrovic and, um, and Tom Kearney, I think. Absolutely dreadful to the point where even Joe Bryan is uh, is putting stuff all over social media with his little uh, his little Joe Bryan cushion thing, saying, what the fuck is that? Full of explain yourself. And they're trying to get 30 quid out of people for this shit. Any thoughts, lads? What will they think of next? I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. Come on. You know, 30 quid as well. Who's really going to make that? I'm sorry if you have paid 30 quid for it. But you're oh, I'm not. I'm not. You just well, no, to anyone listening. To anyone listening. If you've to anyone listening, if you've paid thirty quid for that, you've been mugged off. Wait until <laughs> the end of the season when it goes down to a fiver and a sale because they got this year's shirt on. That's what you've got to do. Thirty quid is an absolute no, joke. Just don't buy them. They're rubbish. Stop no, encouraging the club. Five Stop encouraging right. the club to make shit. Hold on, you know, I would rather I would rather pay thirty quid to get a replica of the one because um our colleague on this Ben has one of him. With his own face on it, I would I would rather pay thirty quid to have one of them in my room rather than the one that Joe Bryan got. Yeah, you you want you want a cushion with Ben on? Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, I'm a bit, a bit worried about that one. Don't yeah, need one with old Brian, so I need another one. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wait for Christmas to come around. So I've got an excuse to spend forty pounds on a light up scarf to go on my Fabio Carvalho cushion. Oh, oh they've, um, they've got all the players there. I didn't yeah. realise they. Had well, they've got a few on there. Oh no, that's oh, funny as well. They've made one of Fabio Carvalho. It's thirty quid. He's, yeah, he's, a, he's an eighteen, nineteen-year-old. He's played about five yeah. games for the club. Yeah, and he's, he's, he'll be, an he'll be off to Madrid anyway. Is there an Anthony Robinson one? Because if so, I know I'm getting Wigo for Christmas. <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a Harry Wilson one. I like Harry Cavalero Wilson. One. Is there a Cavalero one? No. Uh, no, no. Is there a Robinson one? Is there a Robinson one? <laughs> oh, bloody hell. I think we're done here, lads. I think yeah. we're done no, here. No, 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 I want here. We're done here. I, I just wanted to uh, to bring that. And, and if you've no idea what we're talking about, go and check out Joe Bryan's Instagram stories because uh, he was very good. And even <laughs> even after the win at Forest, he posted a picture up of himself holding his little cushion saying, up the Fulham. 
love Joe Bride. He's got a great sense of humour. Anyway, that's us done this time. Baldo, Dylan and Wigo, thanks as always. Thank you to you for listening at home. We'll be back on Thursday with your West Brom preview. It's a massive game for both clubs, so be sure to join us for that one. Until then, have a great week, folks. Cheers. Fulham.